Some post I read was somebody talking about how they're trying to watch all of John Carradine's movies. Oh, good oh, luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that you'll never watch another movie again. Because he was in so many. Yes. You won't have time to watch other movies. Oh, I've got a book that has all of them. Oh, my God. Maybe that's what he was going off of. Mm. So do you use that book like something to stand on to get things from the high, higher cupboards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many volumes is that? <laughs> it's like an encyclopedia, I imagine. 22, 24 volumes or yes, something? I started reading it in my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Who Needs a Stepladder? The John Carradine story. <laughs> Let's do the intro and talk about some movies. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie or three. And um, before we do that and spoil those, we'll talk about Recently Watched, which we will try to not spoil. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, you can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. We are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Hello. And Will. Good mid-afternoon. <laughs> you know, re- recording the, the wintry three on a day where it got up to the mid-50s or high 50s <laughs> here in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's a sign of the apocalypse. We should have waited till Wednesday. You're saying six, three to six inches. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get hit with a, a blizzard, well... This it'll be the day after this drops. Blizzard at. So, so yeah. you're saying we shouldn't talk about the wintry three until we're sitting there trapped and looking at each other hungrily. Trapped alive. <laughs> trapped alive. <laughs> Better than being trapped dead. <laughs> like the title of one of the movies. Free dead. <laughs> yeah. So um, we the th- liberated dead. We did the intro. We thanked the Moonrays. We introduced ourselves. We said we're not professional. Yeah, I did. Oh, I think that's clear. Do we need to? Do we need to say that? It's implied, but I I did say it out loud. Okay. So um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of them about movies. Uh huh. We're not the worst of the bunch. We're not the best of the bunch. And what I tell people when I tell them about our podcast, I say. As far as our episodes go, not all of them are gems, but, but some of them are. Yes. We've had some really funny episodes. We're adequate. Yes. <laughs> so if you, if you so like... I aim for adequacy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to go full, you know, full force into anything. If you, you aim know. for adequacy, you'll yeah. at least hit subpar. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think of it. Yeah. So that being said... Recently watched. Who wants to start it? Mm. it I, I, I promise the listener. I've, I've said I've seen very little. Okay. I, okay. How many? Uh, 
I've seen three films. Okay. Uh, since last we met, dear friends. Oh right. Uh, and they're all Zatoichi. Oh, very nice. So we're still going through the series. Well, sort of like you up to fourteen now, I think. I think there's only like twenty less than John Carradine <laughs> put out twenty fewer <laughs> movies. <laughs> So, uh, do you want to start it? Did they ever make a movie together? And if not, oh, somebody should splice yeah. one How in. How come John Carradine was never in a Zatoichi You just film? cut in something where he's in a lab, and we just imply <laughs> in the Zatoichi <laughs> thing, we'll have some dubbing where somebody talks about a lab. Yeah. And that'll be the only possible connection. Cut away to clips of Boris Karloff. <laughs> yeah, he's John, watching. John Carradine the, against the blank wall. Mm-hmm. They're watching a screen, you know. Yes, Zatoichi's on, and they act like they're <laughs> spying on him or something. In case this is somebody's first episode and they are uninitiated, do you want to just give a brief um, explanation of who Zatoichi is? So Zatoichi was uh, it was it was like a very short story back in the forties, and then they started this film series in the early sixties, and it's about this. Um, this wandering guy, you know, he's he he was in connected with the yakuza. He loves gambling. He loves the dice. Um, uh, he's amazing with a sword. He's got his cane sword, so it looks like he's he's just his walking cane because he's blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Japan at the time, this is like uh, mid nineteenth century. Um, uh, there were like uh, blind people. The men were expected to be masseurs. Um, because uh, their senses would be heightened because they didn't have sight. This is the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying <clears throat> this is true. No. Um, so they were they were better at doing it, uh, and also because they were blind, they were therefore uh, uh, not as mentally competent as anyone else. Okay. And also they were sexless because they were they were blind disabled. Yes. Um. So uh, and then within. Uh, Blind masseurs. Uh, women were expected to play the biwa, like a string yeah. instrument. Um, but the within the masseurs, there were ranks of masseurs, and then the bottom one was the zato. The, oh, okay. And then his name is Ichi. We never find out what what the whole name is. Yeah. But he, it's a brilliant performance, and uh, uh, the, all the films have been good so far. So yeah, they're amazing. You can mm-hmm. watch. You can be this far into a series. You know, he's not going to space or anything. Not yet. No. <laughs> so, so generally, what happens? He'll turn up at a town. Uh, Yakuza are doing horrible things there. There's usually this uh, uh, woman there who's she's either she is in trouble or her father's in trouble or someone she knows is in trouble. Uh, so he's sympathetic towards her, and there's usually a because uh, at this time it was like. Uh, the civil wars had been long over, so you had all these samurai who were like highly trained at killing yeah. people, but they had nothing to do. So they were they were fallen. They were um, so uh, each yakuza gang has this like really formidable swordsman amongst them, and uh, who doesn't like being there, and 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 they've got different degrees of uh, morality. Yeah. But then they come across Zatoichi, and like he's the he's the, this this challenge that they've been looking for. So they, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, he's brilliant, and, and uh, so Zatoichi, he's he Zato literally means cushion head. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so he'll turn up, and he'd be this his bumbling blind guy, and like uh, all the kids make fun of him, and um, 
you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll wander into a, a place where the Yakuza are playing dice and he'll go, oh, can I roll the dice or something? And, and, they, and they go, oh. They will, like, laugh quietly and then and they give him the cup to roll the dice from. And, uh, and then uh, uh, he, he, usually, he usually works out how they're cheating it. Uh-huh. And how they're cheating him. Hmm. And uh, by the end of the scene, most people in the room are dead. <laughs> uh, or he'll, or if he wants to spare people, he'll do something incredible with his sword, and and then they'll go, "All right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep the money, keep the money." So he'll like cut a fly in half or something. Yeah, one he kill he, he in an early one he cuts a fly in half. Um, like in the last one, uh, they they've got this like uh, they've got this lantern, this paper lantern, and uh, his his sword is so fast you just hear it go back in the scabbard. Yeah, and then something, <laughs> then like a few seconds later, something will split in half. So, and it's all in one shot. It's really good. Uh, so in this one, he uh, uh, they're carrying a lantern, and he is like, and then the, the lantern splits in half, and then he like holds his sword out, and the candle sitting on the end of the blade. Oh, <laughs> nice! So cool. Yeah, so so nicely done. But uh, yeah, and, and he'll go from this like comical figure, and then he'll like just a change of his voice and. A, just a tip of his head and you know that everyone in this room is dead <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah really good films nice so you're making your way through all of them yep so yeah i've got the the criterion to box set of the first 25 mm-hmm. which uh all have um the the same actor um playing him and that he did a 26 one but much later but then like um uh Takeshi Kitano did a final one, and then there was a female one. Oh, cool! And then, of course, there's like rip-offs and remakes, and mm-hmm. there's the Rutger Hauer one. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so. I was gonna say, are there any Italian rip-offs? Yep, yep. There's, um, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was like a, a, a few films about a blind gunman. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's extremely it's... dangerous to everyone around him. <laughs> I, I don't mean rip off. I mean reimagining. Yeah. <laughs> Bettering. So was that elevating? It? That's it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We've been watching that, and we watch. Uh, we've been working our way through the Ultra series, the Ultraman series. Mm. So we're up to the early two thousands now. I'm watching one called Ultraman Nexus, which is the first series that neither of us have liked. Mm. It kind of. Wants to go darker, but without being particularly interesting with it. Mm. Just doesn't work. See Ultra yet? <laughs> Is that a level he gets to? Is there one above that? Ultraman <laughs> Nexium. Yeah, Mega he starts, Ultra. He starts a sex cult. Super Ultra. <laughs> ultra Ultra. Uber Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's got different levels. Lesser Ultra before he's Ultra. <laughs> Not quite Ultra. So what about you, Will? What have you watched? I've watched several things. Some of them quite terrible. Uh, I finished Velma season one. I still don't know why people hate it. It ended up being a pretty good series, I thought. I'm going to try it. Um, I think maybe it helps if you don't have any real care reverence for the scooby-doo characters right and scooby shows up at some point does he and i think i know he'll show up in the next season 
Does he roll up in a Mercedes? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Spending all of his Scooby But bucks. they do they do they do that thing where they, you know, you learn how Han Solo got his vest or some boring shit like that from the movies. So, you know, the van shows up at some point. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's not the greatest thing ever, but I don't think it's any worse than any other cartoon. Uh, I watched White Lotus season two. How'd you like it? All the way through. Uh, I preferred season one, but it was good. I I enjoyed it. I just, I thought the characters in season one were a bit more interesting. That makes all the difference, you know. Not that the characters weren't interesting. It's Mike White. He's great. He's a great writer. He seems to be able to kind of pick out the foibles of people and present them in a sort of realistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do all these nods to Antonioni movies? No, not that I know. I've heard, of. heard that they did. They they did like did this scene, which was like uh, Laventura. I've not seen that, so you wouldn't have picked it up. I wouldn't have picked it up yeah. if it was oh, okay. there. Uh, it may be because yeah, it looks great. It takes place in Italy, mm-hmm. so I think that it was great that they touched on like uh, Italian Americans feeling like it's their big homecoming, and then that was great. <laughs> yeah, then it's not exactly that way. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a group of of uh, three guys or three generations: uh, grandpa, the dad, and then their teenage or young 20-something kid, and they've all gone to Italy um, basically to find their roots. And Grandpa's got this like whole godfather thing where they're going to go to the little town and everybody will love them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out that way at all. They show up at someone's house. They can't speak English. They don't, they don't speak any Italian. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the, the old lady who lives there is like, who the hell are you? Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing things at him. Um, yeah, it's entertaining. And like I said, uh, Mike White's pretty good. I, I don't think I've seen anything of his that I didn't like. Yeah, I don't know what else he's done, but I, I was in and out of season one. So I, you know, I wasn't committed to it and didn't see all of it. But I saw like probably in in whole maybe three episodes, but I watched all of season two since it wasn't reliant on season one for its story. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. There and is I, a little bit. That... Yeah. There was a little crossover I was told, but yeah, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch and yeah. Um, without saying too much, some bad characters didn't get away with doing the bad things they were set out to do. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I just like, he's, he's got a very, kind of cynical eye yeah um which is good in storytelling i think you yeah know? some you know. cynicism can you know rather than tidying it all up at the end yeah i don't think he's he's nihilistic in any view but he is pretty cynical he allows some of it to get all messy at the yeah, end yeah yeah i enjoyed it it's a good season yeah i assume they'll be back uh then i watched three terrible movies <laughs> Mm-hmm. I watched Hillbillies in a Haunted House. Oh, yes. Because so... I've had it for a while, and I tried one time, and something about it just told me, no, <laughs> this isn't any good. Don't waste your time. It's got Joe Lansing in it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
just go ahead and watch it because I feel like I should be wasting my time. And I indeed wasted my time speaking about uh, John Carradine in a different film <laughs> with uh, uh, Claude Rains and uh, oh. uh, what's his name? Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Mm. Wow. With great sideburns. It's uh, mid-70s. No, it's 1967. Uh, and this is Hicksploitation. Yeah. It's kind of one of those post beach party beach party movies. Yeah, it's a it's Hicksploitation several years late. Yeah. Um but yeah. Hillbillies in a haunted house. You can thank Beverly Hillbillies for this probably. Mm-hmm. Um Mountain Dew, you can thank Mountain Dew for that. I like the poster. Yeah, the poster's cool. But the movie, wow. <laughs> it's not good, but at least it's short. It is it's, it's you know, the classic gorilla suit guy carrying off Joy Lensing. Oh, lovely. Yeah, she's uh, quite easy on the eyes. Uh, <laughs> unlike the movie itself. <laughs> yes, unlike the movie itself. You will hate the comic relief in this so much. <laughs> oh, <boy. sighs> and Jeepers, I believe is his name. Jeepers. Jeepers. Speaking of which, there's the new Jeepers Creepers the, I don't know, the, the jeepening? I don't know. The one. jeepening. Yeah. I think it's the fourth one. Is it? Blimey. I believe. I've not watched any Jeepers Creepers. I saw the first two back in the day. I saw the f- I saw a bit of the first one, but I don't believe it was the beginning or the end. <laughs> it was just a chunk of the middle. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Another one that's been on my list forever, and I tried it once said, no, no, this is no good. Don't do it. Uh, I finally sat down and watched Birdemic. Oh, oh God. By shock, you know, shock and terror. I had avoided this because I feared it was a, uh, a Sharknado kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what I assumed. No, <laughs> dear God, no. This has to be one man's singular vision, and it's no good. It's very bad. It is clearly... Made by somebody who thinks they could make remake the birds, basically. It's kind of a love letter to that. <laughs> but there's a lot of business meetings in it. Um, there's talk of solar panels and <laughs> computer sales and whatnot. Um, is it the windmills? Are the windmills driving them crazy? <laughs> there is a bit of that. It's, it's climate change and, and things are getting hotter. Um, yeah, yeah, really, uh, if you want to see a genuine, it's, it's a genuine bad movie. It's not anybody so, joking around. Ha ha. It's so funny. Right. It's trauma so- crap. No, it is James Wynn or whatever his name is, is, uh, yeah, he, he's the auteur of shit. He is an auteur of shit. He is a modern day Ed Wood. Cause <laughs> okay. if he looked at any of this and thought, yeah, that looks okay. <laughs> cut printed <laughs> yeah um you can see where they wanted some shot that would be like you know we have an aerial of a car racing down the highway um how much well you can't afford that um how about we just hold the phone camera up while we ride in the car and it goes about eight miles an hour <laughs> so we pull along the freeway and cars back up behind us what? What's going on? Oh, you have to watch it. I highly recommend really? it. Really? It's 
if you like bad movies and you want a genuine bad movie, it is as bad as anything. Hmm. But, you know, not without being uh, a tongue-in-cheek kind of badness. It's Right. Somebody thought they were making a real movie. And when I've got through with my John Carradines, then I'll... Okay. I'll get straight to it. Yes. <laughs> he appears in it briefly. Of course. Just one frame. Just pops up. <laughs> they use him as the cigarette burn in the corner. <laughs> oh, John Carradine's face pops up. That'd be great. Yeah. If I was making movies, I'd just put frames of Carradine in. Just to list him on ID, IMDb. Uh, no, because uh, the only other one I have on here is Teenage Zombies. Um. Oh, is this the 50s one? Yeah. It's... Uh, James... Was it James Warren? No. Yeah, Jerry Warren. Jerry Warren. Jerry Warren's the director and the writer. Um, I believe he wrote this on his honeymoon, I read. <laughs> uh, Knows how to satisfy a woman. Yeah. Whew, that was a rough two minutes, but uh, I got a movie to crank out about teenage zombies. I was thinking of it while we were Yeah, you inspired me, darling. yeah uh some teens uh wind up on an island where a mad scientist she's trying to create zombies for the communist as everybody was trying to in those days Hmm. uh and uh yeah um she fails i think the zombie teens are like in it for maybe two minutes this sounds familiar, but I don't think it's the same movie. You've seen it. Even if you haven't seen it, you've seen it. <laughs> okay. Because it was pretty boring. Yeah, there was one where I remember it, it was like the blob where the uh, the cops didn't believe the teens. But there was an island where there was some mad scientist shit going on. That's this one. It's this one? Or any other movie <laughs> made in the 50s. Cops yeah. never believe teens. Ben-Hur. They have whole, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that whole scene where the centurions won't believe him. Yeah. He's like, but you, it was a Frankenstein in the house. East, then, East of Eden, giant. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And the cops won't believe James Dean and giant. That is, that's what he got the Oscar for. Yeah. So. Uh, and then I watched three movies. Oh, I guess I have one that's not a wintry horror, uh, but. Wolf of Snow Hollow I watched, and then I watched Frostbitten. Yeah. I'm not going to talk we'll about We'll talk about that, those. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, those. But then I let Tubi pick for me. <laughs> and Tubi's. Oh, he's such a good mm. friend. Pick something called Curse of Dracula, but not Curse of Dracula you're thinking of. This is actually Curse of Volberg. <laughs> um, it's foreign. I don't know where it takes place. Estonia, Poland, somewhere. <laughs> There's a lot of languages spoken. Um, <laughs> basically, these three guys get a plan because one of them works for like a national park service and has access to an old mansion. And they're like, oh, we'll make up a local legend and we'll get tourists to go there because it'll be really private, be really select. And the, you know, they'll go for it because everybody's been to the castle or whatever other local attraction there was. And uh, so they open it up and they go through their tour. And, of course, people wander off and then they just get killed in broad daylight by something. But nobody ever sees anything. 
I got halfway through it and I was like, that's it. I don't I don't know what's going on. There seems to be frames missing because a guy will get up to go get a beer and then, he, you know, his friend's waiting there and he hears, and he gets up and there's a big saw blade in his friend's head and there's blood going everywhere. And you're like, okay, what's going on? But they don't show a killer or you don't have any clues to what's going on. And then it goes to another scene and the same sort of thing will happen. Be two or three people in the room. One of them will get killed while the other two have their back turned, and it'll be super gory. And then there, you know, it's brightly lit. There's not in a basement with you know a candle. You're in a big room with sunlit windows, and they're like, "Oh, what happened to Tina? We should run." And they run to the next scene, and then it happens again to another so group of people. You watched Birdemic and then dropped Curse of Dracula. Yeah, yeah, I made wow. it all the way through Birdemic. So Curse of Dracula. Uh, 2019 is worse than Birdemic. Wow. Yeah. Why do people get to make movies? I don't know. Who's stopping them, I guess, is the the bigger question. Somebody should be stopping them. Yeah. The Motion ta- Picture Association's not doing anything. The taste police. They need to get out there and start busting up these crap movie <laughs> makers, you know? It doesn't have to be done legally. You can send in some goons. <laughs> yeah. You know? Hired goons. Yeah, nice picture you got going here. Be a shame if anything happened to it. <laughs> be a shame if you finish this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that it? That is it. Ah. As for me, um, I watched the rest of In Search of Darkness Part 3. I watched it in three or four installments. Because, Have they found darkness yet? Uh, you know, they found a lot of bad 80s movies. You know, they talked about some of them like, oh my God, I can't believe that people don't know about this one. And they'll talk about... The, Halloween. <laughs> no, the other movie that uh, uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare people made. Oh, blood roses, black roses, black roses, and it looks like absolute crap. It's on Shutter. Yeah, oh. I I discovered that today. And I'm I, gonna watch it. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, we should do uh, Metal March or something. We should. Uh, so I think yeah, that's good. Yeah, In Search of Darkness will give you a lot of uh, to don't list. You know, to don't watch. Don't. Yes, don't enter this movie. Don't watch it. Um, so yeah, I watched the rest of that and, um, I should only talk about one of the mainstream things per episode cause I don't want to get into too much of that, but, uh, uh, other horror related stuff. I did watch something that's available on Tubi, which if any listeners aren't familiar, Tubi is free and it's worth it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally worth every it, minute of it. Uh, Nothing but gems on there, such as Curse of Volberg, <laughs> uh, um, Birdemic. I watched Pennywise: The Story of It. This what? came this came out in 2021. What's it? It is uh, the 1990 um, miniseries made for TV miniseries. About it's all about Clara Bow. Okay. Yes, that would be better. Uh, the Stephen she King. comes back and kills people doesn't have to be any more than that yeah just a lot of references to movies she made that nobody gets <laughs> i like clara i think this would be made for you know 100 year old people but yeah she just speaks in intertitles yeah <laughs> oh everybody else is 
Yeah, you everyone know? else has got sound and she's yeah. got intertitle. She just drifts in. And she's in black and, and white. And she's she's moving at a different speed to everyone else because there's a different frame rate. So, yeah. So they can't stop her. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Here you go, writing a better movie. It. So, yeah. No, not that one. The other it. No, the, the, the one <laughs> the you... The other it. The one you would probably rather watch, Will. I would. Yeah, because you're never... The whole UCLA football team. So you've never, you've never even considered going back and giving the one, the, the newer one, another watch. Fuck no. God, that was an awful one, movie. One and done. Yeah, that was worse than Birdemic. Wow. Birdemic only made me want to shut it off, didn't make me want to stab my eyes out. <laughs> so the 1990 miniseries, you saw that? Uh-huh. Did you watch it on VHS or did you I see watched it? it when it came out. Okay, so you had to watch... Because I had read the book. Yeah. Commercial, and, uh, commercials for Downey Fabric Softener and whatever uh-huh, it was. All of that. Yeah. It was all right. Even in 1990, it was TV movie. I mean, yeah, you weren't expecting anything spectacular. That's what you got. Yeah. Well, they, unbeknownst to me, they, they did go through a, a lot of trouble to, you know, cast this thing so they could parallel the young actors with the older actors and all that kind of stuff. And, um, the documentary, uh, has a bunch of great interviews, uh, a lot of really cool behind the scenes stuff from back when they made the thing. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a fun watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, that being said, uh, if you dig Tim Curry and the original, uh, uh, made for TV, it, who doesn't uh, dig Tim Curry? You know, if you've if you've seen Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue, and It, and whatever else that you liked him in, uh, if you if you've seen him in those things and you don't understand that he is an absolute genius, then you're a moron. <laughs> yeah, because he is so happily comfortable in his skin playing Frank Inferter mm-hmm. in Rocky Horror Picture Show, and just acting with his expressions and his gestures. And he is so, he, he becomes his characters so well. Yeah. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Tim Curry. So dig deeper if you've only seen him in one or two things. But uh, The shadow. The shadow? Please he, dig deeper. Is he in the shadow? Yes. Uh, I couldn't. I, did, I didn't watch the shadow. Uh, 1994, I think. Yeah. With Alec Baldwin. Okay. Does anybody remember that? Yes. I was the only person in the theater. I think it was Rennie Harlan did that one. Didn't I he? believe so. Uh, I remember it looked, I like the t- city. Yeah, it looked okay, but it was just dog shit story, yeah. I remember. And that was one of the first films that I consciously spotted product placement. Oh. It was mm. like a Pepsi bottle. <laughs> prominently placed in the left-hand corner of the frame while the people act behind it. And it's not Greeked at all? No, it's focused, straight, just perfect. And you're like, mm, I want a Pepsi for some reason. <laughs> Coke paid a lot of money to put that in there because they knew it would be a bomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to make a shitty movie, go to Coke and say, how much would you pay me to put a Pepsi bottle prominently placed? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we watched uh, the most recent episode of The Last of Us, which it continues to be really well made, really just a 
fun watch. Uh, a lot of suspense, some horror. Uh, they can do a really touching story with no horror in an episode at all, which they've done. And then they've done episodes where you think it's going to be another one of those. And then it doesn't make it to the end without hordes of crazed fungus zombies coming out. Um, I do recommend anyone who's, who's got uh, HBO max watch this thing. Um, oh, there was, before I talk about um, this next one, uh, cause I said I would talk about a mainstream thing. Um, uh, blonde actress, uh, um, didn't kill him, but stabbed her boyfriend, her husband or boyfriend. Um, uh, uh, Reese, um, Witherspoon. No, with her knife. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, it. Uh, <laughs> nice lead. <laughs> um, I'm glad yeah. I didn't go with my first thought. Peanut butter cup. <laughs> If you joke, wouldn't work. So <laughs> I could still say with her knife. Good night. <laughs> it would have been a better joke, probably. She didn't stab anybody that I know of. Let's uh, let's say that. Uh, but we watched Your Place or Mine, which is a friggin' rom com. Boy, between your anti blind rant earlier and your anti Reese Witherspoon talk over here, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> You know what? Um, next episode, <laughs> I might get sued for what I'm going to say about a particular brand of wine. Uh, so we watched <laughs> Your Place or Mine, which had uh, Reese uh, Witherknife and uh, Ashton Kutcher. And um, I called it on several points in the movie, you know. What, a predictable rom-com? Yeah, believe what? it or not. You're some kind of genius. Well, you know what? If you watch enough predictable <laughs> Christmas movies, <laughs> no, which I haven't, I'm kidding, but like Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Have same. you watched one? I've watched one. I've watched them all. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so if you like rom-coms, you could watch this one. You could do worse. This is one of them. This is one of them. If your eyes are facing, facing it, yeah. no need to shut them. You can yeah. watch it. Sure. If, if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, I'm going to call it at that because I'd like to get to the Wintry 3. So any new listeners or listeners who have amnesia, uh, we should probably say that uh, every year inconsistently, but sometime while it's still cold at times outdoors, we like to pick three movies that take place in snowy locations or wintry situations or hopefully where the cold weather, the snow, and maybe isolation play a part in the horror uh, and hopefully not horribleness of a movie. And um, the obvious choices, we've already done The Shining, 30 Days of Night and things like that. But And we do Killer Santa movies separately. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So Yeah, Christmas movies don't count. Right. And there could be Christmas in there the movie. There could be Christmas in it, but it shouldn't be Christmas themed in any yeah, sort should, of way. It shouldn't be centered around it. So that being said, we, um, we've conspired to talk about three wintry movies, which include Frostbitten or Frostbite. I think it had different uh, releasing, mm-hmm. uh, different titles for different releasing. Um, and uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And Jolien, what was the other one you got? The, trapped uh, Alive. Not Trapped Dead, but Trapped Alive. Starring John Carradine. 
probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably in there somewhere. Uh, so we had a whole list. We found what we could find to watch without paying anything extra. And some things probably ducked behind a paywall because we said them out loud. Yes. Probably. It's like Beetlejuice, you know? As soon as you say it, it's like oh, yeah. crazy. St- things start shaking and movies go behind paywalls. But Yeah, I thought because there's frostbite and everybody said frostbitten. I was like, oh, it's gone already? Great. <laughs> like, no, it must be frostbite. So. Yeah. So what did you think of that one, Will? Mm, it was a film I watched today. So, um, this takes, it was all right. takes place, it starts during World War II in Ukraine. Yes. Uh, the um, 5th SS Panzer Division are fleeing from uh, what I assume are the Russians. Uh-huh. It's a Russian front. Um, they seek shelter in a cabin in the snow. And uh, darkness comes and they're attacked by vampires. So, um, they're hiding underneath the cabin in their dwelling, their crypt. Uh, and then hilarity ensues. Yeah. Do you like movies with snowy Nazis in them? Well, I love Dead Snow. Yeah, yeah me too. Dead Snow's great. Not so much Dead Snow 2. No. I didn't watch Dead Snow 2. It had its moments, definitely. Yeah, it did. But Dead Snow was better. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about a, just a mummified zombie Nazi, you know, they're, they're always so sharp dressed in their, their uniforms, but then when their faces are rotting and their hands are all wrinkly, it's kind of cool. I don't know why I like that, but yeah, it's double horrible. Yeah. 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 It's, it adds another layer of awfulness to a zombie or to a Nazi, rather. Yeah. No, I think it was to the zombie. zombie. <laughs> I'd prefer a zombie to a Nazi zombie. Yeah. Like teenage zombies look down on Nazi zombies. Exactly. Yeah. You know, any upstanding zombie looks down on Nazi zombies. Zombies are inclusive. <laughs> That's true. So they should be. Yeah. Yeah. We're all dead here. Yeah. They'll accept, <laughs> they'll accept anybody into their ranks. No, yeah. Yeah. So it it uh, it jumps to uh, well at the time was present day, uh, two thousand six present day, mm. and um, we meet a um, a Swedish uh, doctor Annika and her daughter Sega, <laughs> yes. which fill your own uh, video game jokes in there. Uh, they're moving to a town in Lapland, so Annika can work with this. Uh, a geneticist Gerhard Beckert. So um, they've entered into that uh, period of time, uh, the polar night, where yes. you will get no daylight for what a month. Yeah, they're like, they're like three months off. Is that? Am I confusing it with? I think they said a month in the movie. A month. Okay. So it's so, so it's thirty days of night. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Um. So, uh, the movie just kind of rolls into the present day of 2006. The daughter befriends this sort of goth chick and they're sort of teenager, sort of teenager, but everyone looks like they're in their twenties. Yes. Oh, she looked very much like she wandered in when the guy drug her off for smoking a cigarette. I thought he was dragging her out 
because she wasn't supposed to be in high school because she was in her 20s. <laughs> right. Like, we've told you, get out. You're 26. You need to leave now. Yes. It is not high school anymore. <laughs> right. Get a job. Yeah. Um, well, so. She pretends she's a vampire, so she thinks she's ageless. I'm still 17. And they're like, no. No, you're not. Whatever her name was. Uh, Vega. Vega. Yeah. Vincent Vega. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, stuff ensues. Stuff ensues. There's Moving a, on. Recommend? To, <laughs> <laughs> teens go to parties. Uh, well, the, uh, the uh, uh, Gerhard is experimenting. Um, we, find, we find out who he is later on, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Nazi. Yeah, he was one of the Nazis. Yeah. And he got... Uh, he got bit on the leg, and uh, he's been developing this drug. Mm-hmm. Which he's got now. He's got it into capsule form, and he's he's breeding um, human vampire hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember Secrets? Mm-hmm. They were a sore throat lozenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what the pills look like. Exactly. Cherry Secrets. And they even came in a box like Secrets, except the top came off. Yeah. I was like, he's just giving them secrets or Dayquils. Dayquils look kind of like that, but they're mm-hmm. orange. Yeah, it's like an Altoids box. Yeah. 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 I... You got one right right there, huh? Yeah. Secrets. Oh. They still make them? No. This is <laughs> this is my uh, headphone medicine box. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when your reminder goes off. Yeah. It's like, I feel like a secret. I need my blood pills. So what do you think of this uh, putting your vampire drugs in tablet or in uh, capsule form? Good idea? <laughs> Not labeled? It's, no. It's going to c- turn out well. Yeah, it's going to move a plot along if nothing else. <laughs> it will push the teens forward into, into the plot. Yeah. It would have been great if it never came up again. <laughs> oh, that would be fun, like, wouldn't it? What were the pills for? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, it, it ends up that, um, oh, they, they go to a party at uh, someone's house. And have I the believe pill. it was a monster mash they went to. It, they were doing the horizontal monster mash at one point. Were they? I think there was someone doing it. Of course there were. They were teenagers in their 20s. Yeah. 20 agers. Um, yeah, at, at, the, um, at the local hospital, uh, a medical student finds some of the pills. Yes. And um, Sebastian. Yeah. And uh, they've been treating a comatose patient with them. Which is. Yeah, they didn't really explain, but she's a vampire that was in a car wreck. Now she's in a coma. So he has a. Like like the um, human vampire. Like the the Smith song, Vampire in a Coma. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We heard that in the car on the way here. Yes. Vampire in a coma? Yeah. It's serious. Yes. It is serious. So Sebastian thinks these pills are some kind of drug? They so. are. Yeah, and he just pops one in. Well, he thinks they're some sort of well, recreational drug. Yeah. Well, he has no idea what they are, actually. And his friend tells him, well, go ahead, take one. It's better than weed. Stick one in your mouth. And then he takes them, and his friend's like, you fucking idiot. Why did you take a pill you don't know what it is? Yeah. Which was smart. You know, so, yeah, the medical student thinks it's a good idea. 
I know medical students do crazy things. Well, they, they steal cadavers and mm. put them places, but... Any real drug user knows you take three. <laughs> you always take three. One's not enough. Two may be plenty, but you're not going for plenty. You're going for more than enough. Yeah. Well, they... Um, uh, oh, what was the thing that happened? Where we're talking to dogs. like Oh, that yes. was the only good part in this movie. <laughs> It was when they were talking to the dogs, and he dropped the pill on the floor, and the dog's like, fuck you, it's mine, it's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was delightful. Yeah, that was, that was the best part when the There's animals... two bits that really delighted me in this. Movie. What was the other one? Uh, Death by Gnome. Oh, oh Death yeah. by Gnome, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I kind of felt like there was some sort of inside joke uh, about yard gnomes, but... I just think they're... One of those bland suburban things, and then to use it as a, a to kill someone with it is kind of that. That's the joke. Well, do you think Swedish people have a like a thing about gnomes being? I think some people have. Oh, we'll go ahead. And well, you? well, I guess, I guess I'm thinking like maybe they think elves and gnomes are uh, part of folklore and should be maybe regarded a little better, and, oh. and they don't like the lawn gnomes being so kind of kitschy, cartoonish. I thought you were going to say maybe gnomes have a natural defense against vampires. <laughs> that would be interesting, And that too. was some sort of Swedish folklore. But no, I think it's just the simply that kitschy crap killed a vampire. I was going to say that the Swedish are all naive because they really believe in gnomes. Yes. Yes. I don't think we've had any Swedish listeners yet. And we certainly won't now. Nope. Not after this. No, they're going to see Frostbitten, and they're going to be like, oh, let's go listen to this podcast talking about our our, our, uh, our movie. Well-revered vampire movie. Yeah. It did really well abroad. It didn't do well in Sweden. It was considered a national treasure, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they watch it every year. Big cult movie in Russia, apparently. Huh. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, because they're the heroes in the first segment of the movie. Yeah, they really drove those guys to the vampires successfully. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. Now we got vampire Nazis. They're even worse than the Nazi zombies. Yeah. Um, or pirate ghost at that. As the story moves along, we, we get uh, the, the mom, Annika, uh, looking after that, that uh, comatose patient and getting bitten. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now she's got the vampire thing. Um her boss is a vampire to begin with. Yeah, she gets the story out of him. Yeah. Um, the pills have made their way to a teen party. So um, clearly someone's going to rush in at the last moment and save the day in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not made in America. So. So, yeah, it was it was a good ending. Does the dog die? One of them does. Was yes. It? Yes. 50% of the dogs in this movie die. <laughs> and the rabbit dies too, but we don't see it. Right. I like yeah. that. I like that the dog said, good job killing that rabbit. I hated that fucker or something like that. Yeah. They swear just like pets do. Yeah. Pets are foul mouthed. Yeah. Um, Freeloading roommates. <laughs> that's essentially what they are. <laughs> yeah. I'll get, I'll get rent next month. Did you get any food for me? <laughs> I only have big bills. Yeah, can you break a hundo? Um, 
so um yeah beckert was the the um was the surviving nazi from from the cabin um he reveals his sinister plan to the mom i think does she find him out and that's why he explains it or does he notice that she's a vampire He's about to kill her, isn't he? Yeah, he so wants he, to he kill her because he's... Her one of his those supervillain speeches. Yeah, and then he tells her something like, you're already turning into a vampire. You overpowered me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I didn't understand why him getting some of her blood made him turn into a super vampire. Is that not what happened? I think that's just the final form of vampires. Like their true form. I don't think that it was because earlier in the movie it kills the guy on the motorcycle by and he lifts him up. And we don't see what it is, but he's lifting him up off the ground. So I assumed it was that thing because it was so tall. That would make sense. Yeah, he's he's some sort of vampire hybrid. And um something. Yeah. Um Apparently, the um, the movie makers found inspiration in Fright Night and Lost Boys, among other movies. Mm-hmm. And I could see some of those influences here. Um, Where was the oiled up sax guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they. I got... think we all know what we go to vampire movies for: oiled up sax guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still believe. Um, yeah. The, the... Um, yeah, the, the, um, the teen party, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Uh I wish that had been done better. It's it's like a good idea where everyone's like really stoned at this party and like the vampires are like feasting on people and people are wandering around oblivious. Yes. They're they're disappearing them behind the couch every time someone new sits down. Yeah. I thought that was kind of clever, but it wasn't as well executed as it should have been. Yeah, Yeah. 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 The party was shot very poorly. It seemed like. They clearly didn't have enough people it or was, something. It was the most brightly lit scene in the whole movie. Yeah. I was about to say something about that. Now, little tip for listeners, if you've not thrown a lot of parties, if you want your party to feel a little more atmospheric, a little more party-like, change all the lighting. Don't have any normal tungsten or fluorescent tube lighting in your place. Just change all your lighting, or at least dim it. Yeah. Throw, throw I just hand out those... Sleeping blindfolds, keep the lights normal, <laughs> just watch people bounce off the walls. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was brightly lit. It was, um, predictable. Uh, you didn't feel a lot of peril. No. no. It didn't ramp it up enough. No. Um, people seemed to have no peripheral vision when the vampires were on the ceiling. <laughs> you just couldn't see them anymore. Yeah, um, I wondered if there's something going on about Sweden being neutral in the war and oh. and being, you know, having a big anti-immigration movement. Hmm. hmm. Maybe, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I don't know. Nothing I, I, just, I picked up. I just up, pondered but... about it because you got like this Nazi invasion. Yeah, and, and then you got the local populace are either completely oblivious, or they join right in. Yeah, when the uh, cops got a hold of that guy and and put him in that holding cell, mm-hmm. 
that was a pretty interesting scene where that, that vampire was going completely berserk in that room. Uh, and they shot the tear gas in. Like mm-hmm. one guy was like, I'm going to go in there and sort this out. And they're yes. like, yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> no fair warning for him or anything like, oh, this dude's got fangs and is super powerful. But they put him in that outfit. Yeah. They're like, here, we're just going to dress you up. Mm-hmm. No real warning. <laughs> but then uh, they were ready with the tear gas. So they got the guy back out of there. But um, that I think had some interesting stuff going on. Um, the way that guy was going crazy against the glass and everything. That was kind of cool, but uh, really it just comes down to everyone's going to turn into a vampire. And uh, when the cops show up, it's going to be like, well, so what? You're cops. We're Mm -hmm. vampires. We both have to be invited in, but we're we're at the point now where we've taken over. So they didn't have to worry about inviting the cops in or telling them they couldn't come in. And we do get the scene, like you said, where um, where Sega's fighting with Vega. And I, w- I wondered if there was some wordplay there with Sega and Vega. Like, is there some <laughs> yeah, Swedish... Yeah, there seemed to be something there. There so was a joke there we didn't get. Because she made a deal of it when when they first met. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get the garden gnome impaling. That was interesting. Um Man, this movie is rapidly fading from my memory. Yeah, I'm saying stuff and you're like, <laughs> You're saying what? stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Because he said they were fighting. He was like, wait, what What was the outcome of that? Oh yeah, the no. Yeah. Um, you you think, well, maybe there's going to be that last minute save. and Yeah, it's kind of a lame ending. In that. Yeah, Sega gets put in the ambulance and she meets the little girl who says they're going to be sisters. And then you mm-hmm. see the vampire mom driving. Yeah. And that's kind of it. You realize that um, Sega's mom's a vampire. This little girl's a vampire. Uh, There's like three cops and they're fairly inept and they're going to be overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. they're going to be vamped. Um, It's like 30 days of night if if they didn't pull it out at the end. Really? I mean, which is probably more realistic, to be honest. Why would vampires vampirize everybody? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to your own ecology, does it? No. Well, in 30 Days of Night, they were just there to feed. Yeah. Yeah, but in this one, it's like, why are you... Well, maybe they I mean, the doctor was smart enough. He was killing people who were killed by the vampires, so they wouldn't turn. Right, and give away his sinister plan. Yeah, and and use up his food supply. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just kill off all your prey. No. Then what are you going to do? Well, go hungry, I guess. Yeah. Pack everyone up and go to Alaskan villages and yeah, okay. feed on them. Maybe this is a prequel. Maybe. Did they come out the same year? I don't uh, remember when 30 Days Night came out. I feel like it was after this. Hmm. I could be wrong. Hold on. Let's find out. Um yeah, 30 Days of Night was based on a comic book, though. Steve uh-huh. Niles. Yeah, so they... Uh, 2007, so... Oh, okay, it, this was a year before then. Yeah, but it is quite possible that uh, these folks saw the comic book and went, Hey, no, oh, certainly. no one knows about this stupid comic book. Let's let's steal one of their main plot points. The, the, the Polar Night. Yeah. So, um, 
before we move on to the next wintry movie, uh, let's do the recommends on this one. Will? No. Can't recommend it? There wasn't enough there. There were moments that were good. Wasn't scary enough. Certain parts I liked, but Wasn't scary enough? Wasn't funny enough? Exactly, yeah. Was too weak in both those departments. Hmm. Jolien? Yeah, same. Yeah, I think I think any any horror fan with eyes in their head is gonna see this and go, yeah, could have been better, and it wasn't. Back to Bird Damick, it is. Yeah, but uh, a real film this, made by real filmmakers. <laughs> I will say something for this one though. Will eighty-four minutes? Yes, that is good. It's two minutes too long. You, but I'll forgive you could, for that. You could cut two minutes out so it fits into two film cans. Yeah. And then, uh, well, the the <laughs> it's funny. The budget on this was apparently $2 million and it made 266000 I think that's for Snow Hollow. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Snow Hollow. Because, yeah, it, it bombed I, I cl- bad. I, cl- I saw that earlier. I'm sorry. I clicked over. I, I don't have well, box office. Which one? Snow, uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow was like made was for $2 million and... Only made two hundred thousand or something uh, worldwide. Yeah, I heard uh, Frostbitten did well overseas. So. Yeah, I, I toggled to a different screen yeah. by accident, but yeah, this one the budget was uh, about three million, and I don't have any box office on it. But uh, shall we see what the critics said? Um, <laughs> uh, in Sweden, the film was met with mediocre to negative reviews, with a few exceptions. It did average box office in Sweden and seemed to be a failure, but seemed to be seemed to be, um, but, but lie in its grave Sweden, waiting. Sweden's first vampire movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Everyone seemed to be giving it a three out of six or a three out of five. I don't know why, who rates things on six stars or whatever, but just trying to be difficult, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, uh, one one uh, Swedish film site gave it a five out of six, but uh, it didn't deliver the splatter climax he wanted at the end. Um, a reviewer for the site Film Threat, which used to be a magazine, um, wrote, uh, ever since Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Scream infiltrated the fear film genre, something's been rotten in Transylvania. Playing horror for winking insider references and juvenile giggles, any real juice has been extracted from the cutting-edge school of cinema that spawned Reanimator, Dead Alive, and Evil Dead. Three brilliant examples of horror that combined ferocious splatter with truly inspired humor. In comparison, Frostbite is too little, too late. But a couple of years after this, you had let the right one in. Yeah. So Scandinavia came through and... Yeah. Gave us one of the best ones. Re- rebooted the vampire genre. That's in my top ten. Yeah. easily so yeah i think we can we can give them that they, they got this out of their system first uh speaking of of critics reviews i read the critics reviews of the uh curse of volgberg or whatever <laughs> all but one were clearly written by bots go on there they they are like almost word salad it sounds mm-hmm. like somebody foreign is writing in english uh but just you know exquisite masterpiece <laughs> you know oh is it exquisite spear you know sparks the screen or whatever you know spreads across the screen with magic and 
you know, brand new take on vampires. Oh. Just clearly a 10 out of 10, you know, <laughs> 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. One person's like, uh, 1 out of 10? Sounds like an actual review. And it was, by the way, I, I, I did the uh, the budget and the time wrong because I had flipped to the next screen, but uh, uh, it was 98 minutes. So it was eight minutes too long for for you to watch it at all. 16 minutes too long. Well, yeah, if, if yeah, if 82 minutes is the new standard. I've then, cut it. We're, yeah. we're saving money now. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's all digital and we don't have to put it in film cans. I just prefer a movie to be a little shorter. So before we talk about The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Jolien, do you want to take some time with, uh, what was that thing called? Uh, Trapped Alive? Oh, okay. Yeah, tell regale us, please. Trapped Alive, this is from uh, 1993. Oh, okay. Cameron Mitchell oh. plays John Adams. Robin the Adams. president? Yes. <laughs> Rob, Robin, Adams, Robin Adams, his daughter, and her friend Monica are carjacked by a trio of escaped convicts uh, who are named Louis Face Napoleon, Mungo, and Randolph Carter. Okay. Uh, they crash into the Forever Mine, established 1891, followed shortly after by Deputy Sheriff William Williams, after he's done playing hide the truncheon with a bored housewife named Rachel. <laughs> About half an hour in, they realise there's someone else in the mine with a taste for meddling kids. Mm. The big death scene requires the victim to be stood still in exactly the right spot while a large pair of calipers on a chain somehow impels him and tears him out of a pair of handcuffs. Uh, (laughs) Shock ending when Rachel turns out to be the old miner's daughter, about which she rants for three minutes. I timed it. Wow. Uh, Ghastly end credits love song called forever mine uh, shot around eagle river wisconsin uh, the monster is played by paul dean and jeffrey lyle seagull did the special makeup which is pretty good all hmm. right well at least they got that uh, yeah, it's gory bits uh the women cameron take off mitchell. their clothes there's cameron mitchell uh i mean what else do you need to say it's cameron <laughs> mitchell yeah <laughs> So he is the mark of quality. If you see him in a film, just watch it. You know, it'll be gold. So what was wrong with it? Uh, it had Cameron Mitchell in it. Aside, aside from the obvious. Uh, it's really dull for quite long stretches of just people talking and emoting. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the one of the criminals had the good sense to get killed immediately when they fall in the mine. Ah. Um, the other one's like obviously the guy who's going to uh, fall in love with the uh, the Robin character. He's, he's just too pretty. He's never been in jail, <laughs> and he has access to hairspray. Oh, um, even in the mine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's a recommend. Mm. For Cameron Mitchell completists. Okay. Ooh, that's going to be hard to watch all those. <laughs> you have to watch the whole Canon films. Yeah, you have to you watch know, Toolbox catalog. Murders. And... Ooh, yeah. You have to watch... Uh... Oh, just name any of them there. <laughs> I can't pick one out right now, but <laughs> I've seen him in a, ba- a bunch of bad movies. 
So you watched that one and Frostbitten. Yes. But you didn't watch The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I watched the first 20 minutes, but my internet, I was watching it on Shudder. Okay. My internet was just so bad. It saved you. Yeah, it would have taken three hours to watch this movie. I didn't have the time. So it was just buffering and buffering. Nor the interest. (laughs) So what? There wasn't enough new to it. What was happening when you clicked? Uh, Let's see. To exit. Um, So uh, (laughs) my notes are camera upside down thing again. Uh Uh-huh. 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 is, is that the new overhead drone shot? Yes. Yes. Because like we had several years of like a drone going directly above a car going through a forest. Mm-hmm. In a, every horror movie. Yeah. Now it's the upside down forest. Yeah. Uh, because the world's been turned upside down. <laughs> if you can't read that symbolism, it's deep. Uh-huh. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> if you're completely ignorant of history, you think the world's been turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again. City couple versus country bigots. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. Again, alcoholic sheriff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was Tough hoping the, the couple was staying in Airbnb and there would be another couple there. <laughs> yeah, and then couple we'd get up. both the camera turn upside down and the yes. two couples double booked. You know, it's not just um, vampire or werewolf movies, but... Uh, uh, the Gore Girls podcast pointed out at some point uh, that so many of these movies give you a shot of a full moon, mm-hmm. even when it has nothing to do with what's going on in the movie. Yes. So when I heard them say that, I thought, yeah, is it in a lot of movies, really? And it's like almost every movie. Yes. Almost every horror movie, you're gonna get a shot of a full. Till Jeff Bezos buys the moon, and then you have to pay him to put <laughs> oh, yeah, in movies. It'd be ad advertising right on the moon. Right, Elon Musk might get to it first, and he'll fuck it up. Yeah, he will. Um, it it seemed to undercut the horror a lot. It didn't seem to be interested in being a horror movie, so I started thinking, oh, I know where this is going. Um. It will cut. It, there'd be like a supposed wolf attack, and then it would cut between that and something else happening elsewhere and at a different time. Mm-hmm. So like it would cut to the bar the next day, and then it would cut back to the scene. Yes. And I thought, oh, okay. Um, and and then uh, like the the next victim along will just suddenly turn up. You don't know who they are. Like this rude snowboard instructor suddenly turns up. I didn't know yeah. who she was. Mm-hmm. She, nobody did. She just was in the bar. She's it, like, hi, I need to get murdered next. Right. Everyone in this town seems to be drunk slash bigot slash rude. Mm-hmm. So an accurate picture. Yeah. Middle America. So it takes place in America. <laughs> so I got 25 minutes in, but I can guess how it's going to end up. For what f- is your guess? For fun, let's do let's do this. It's not really a real werewolf. Really? Uh, uh-huh, is that what you think uh-huh. happens in this movie? Yeah. yeah. Because it totally does. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I actually thought it was going to be the female deputy. Oh, that would have been cool. Because they kept showing her. Yes. Uh, they kept showing her eating while it was... <clears throat> yeah, she was doing stuff. Victims. They'd focus on her when there was no need to. Yeah. And it I just... she's going to figure it out. And then one of the guys is going to turn out to be yeah. dressing up as a wolf. Allah the Scarlet Claw. 
Mm-hmm. So that officer, um, Julia, I think her name is. Yes. Is played by um, uh, Cameron Mitchell, Ricky Lindholm, Lindholm. So Ricky Lindholm looked really familiar to me, and I'm it's driving me crazy when I'm watching the movie, and I don't pause to look it up, but it, but after the movie's over. She is, um, have you ever seen the, uh, female comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates? Yes. That's her. That's her. Right. Yeah. That's yes. Okay. She did look familiar. That's why. Okay. Which they're very funny. Um, they have songs such as pregnant women are smug. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Their songs are pretty good. Yeah. Um, they're a very funny duo. So. If uh, if you've seen um, Big Bang Theory, uh, no. I, I, I was going to say, I, I can't think of, uh, I can look this up real quick, but I can't think of uh, the the other one's name, <laughs> Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, it is um, Katie Micucci. She Kate Micucci. She is an uh, uh, actress, comedian, and musician who... Uh, played uh, Lucy in the Big Bang Theory. She was a girlfriend to one of the goofballs. So, yeah. Anyway, that's why she looks familiar. But the movie can't be saved by someone who looks familiar. (laughs) No, this is a movie that I didn't hate while I watched it. I was not entertained, but I was willing to watch it. But as... The hours pass from having watched it. I hate it more and more that I think about it. Like, no, Mm -hmm. this is not a good movie. The main reason is the writer, director, and star. Please spread those jobs out. Yeah, Jim. Don't take it all on, Jim. Jim Cummings. He, people have a, have a, I've heard this critique for, for The Shining that Jack Nicholson is not normal enough in the beginning to make his there's no descent into madness exactly he's mad when he shows up yeah this guy is the same way he's supposed to have an anger management problem that he's had sort of under control but he goes right into the red immediately he's Mm. so as the movie goes on he just maintains this like unbelievably cartoonish level of spun out and yelling yeah and it would have worked so much better if he slowly built to this level and you, you know, uh, you got some sort of arc there. There's, he starts off at a hundred and he just goes the whole movie screaming. Yeah. They get to a crime scene. He starts screaming and freaking out and kind of stays there and then falls off the wagon starts hardcore drinking. Like nobody would have pulled him aside and said, no, you're off this job. I mean, he's the sheriff, but he he punches out one of the other policeman yeah he punches out another cop um we kind of buried the headline robert forrester is in this yes total oh, waste of his talent yeah i was delighted to see him yeah, yeah i was yeah, for i a was moment. excited when i saw his name in the credits i figured he won't have but one or two scenes because does he, he was t- close to does death he turn up much and... no he turns up he stays in the in the uh office most of the time i think he shows up at one crime scene and and then he Later in the movie, he has a heart attack. You can see the plane tickets sticking out of his pocket. Yeah. And a wad of cash kind of bulging in there with <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Yeah, He's that's like, what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
a trip to Utah. I only have to film one afternoon. So, Sit in a chair the whole time. That's yeah. called the Cameron Mitchell special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Quentin Tarantino knows what to do with Robert Forrester mm. and Jackie Brown. Yeah, you know, great. That's what you do with this actor. Alli- alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Or you could do that. Or Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's, he's in Breaking Bad. He's the disappearer. Yeah. And he's great. He can act. You give him something good to work with, he'll make it better. You give him something kind of crappy, he'll make it good. But you give him this, he's just going to be like, all right, I'll phone it in if you want me to. Yeah. I got to get to the airport on time. He's good, isn't it? He's good. That's what I'm saying, though. Well, I saw of him. He's, I was, it's like there's a scene where he's in, his, he's in his office, and there's a scene where he's at the crime scene yeah. at, near the start. Yeah. And then about... A little more than halfway through, he he uh, has a heart attack, and they take him to the hospital. And then the daughter, Jenna, is attacked by the werewolf and bangs her head. And she gets taken to the hospital, and they're both laying in bed in the same room, like okay. so it's two kind beds. Of... And then at some point, the cop runs in, and he's yelling at his daughter, and he doesn't realize the other bed's empty. And then oh. he does, and he freaks out choose the scenery some more which i enjoy on one level Mm -hmm. but at the same time he just became really annoying oh yeah he was not uh, he was not nicholas cage for the you know scenery chewer wow imagine if nicholas cage was the writer director and star of his own movie i'm wow i'm all for that That is a heady mix. I don't know if I could take that. Mm. So they did. They did a good job not showing the werewolf, and I found out later why. Because, well, it was a costume that didn't look great. But then maybe, maybe uh, Jim Cummings decided if this is as good as this costume looks, maybe we write it as it's a guy in a costume. Nah. You don't think there was that kind of foresight? So so why is someone dressing up? He's a taxidermist who's just a psycho. Kids. Yeah. There's no reason. No reason. He's just we get a killing few, people. We get a few glimpses of him, but it's not like if, like you said, if if the uh, female deputy, um, uh, Julia, if turned out that it was a real werewolf and it was her, that would have been something. Yeah, because they have some discussion at some point about how it's always men, and then they keep showing her... <clears throat> you expect her to say something, but and then it just becomes like typical. Oh, guess it is always men. But I thought they were setting it up like you know, what if it was a woman, and then mm. it was this detective that they kept focusing on, but didn't give her anything to do. Um, but yeah, there was a fun sequence where everybody had a favorite um, suspect, like all mm-hmm. the townspeople went to the police with their idea of who it could be. Yeah. Because of something crappy that someone did or whatever. That was kind of a funny sequence because you know that's got to happen. Oh, yeah. Especially these days with all the armchair sleuthing that people do. But, uh, yeah. uh, So, the taxidermist. We don't really see much of him. And they. No. And he's some, for some reason, the deputy, the, or I mean, the sheriff checks out a book on taxidermy with all his werewolf books. Mm-hmm. I didn't get where that came from. I don't remember. I don't remember there being a tie, but um, then he uses that oh, at the end. Um, 
let's see. There was something in evidence that it was a seam ripper. Oh, that's right. Like a, like a um, tailor would use. Yeah. And it was, it, it, it which has, I don't know why they left at that one guy's house. PJ, yeah. he calls and he's like, you left some evidence here. Why did they have the evidence there anyway? Right. Did they find it there? What? Yeah, I, I didn't catch all yeah. that. But by this point... I didn't give a shit You're not anymore. super invested in the movie anymore because you know it's going to go somewhere like, dumb. Oh, my phone's calling. I could look at mindless yeah. stuff on the internet and be a better use of time. You found out there was a Birdemic 2. Uh, yeah. And there's going to be a third one. Uh, this year, I believe, the third one comes out. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited as soon as I watch the second one, which I hope is as good as the first. And he didn't sell out and, you know, ruin his vision, watered down by a bunch of, you know, producers and and backers, and, you know. Yeah. Have you seen the effects for this thing? No. A kid on paint in 1994 could do a better job. Jeez. A blind kid. um so uh the sheriff figures out that it must be a taxidermist he's yeah he's sitting there talking to the taxiderm well no he doesn't find out because of that because he goes to talk to the taxidermist and they make it to seem like something the taxidermist said makes him he says something about his daughter your daughter okay and the cop goes, yeah, and talks about her a little bit. And then when he gets up to leave, he's they really have tall. this. That, well, no, the the sheriff is like, he leaves, he goes out the door, and he gets this look on his face like he's had a sudden realization. But it makes it seem like what he, what the taxidermist said to him was what clued him in, hmm. not the little seam ripper. That's why I was like, well, how did he figure that out other than the guy was tall? Yeah, the guy is like seven feet tall. Yeah. So, yeah, not really sure what, how that all fit together, but um, yeah, it turned... Because turn- somebody said, oh, he's really tall, like a vampire, <laughs> you know, a super vampire or whatever. Yeah, the... Uh, An ultra vampire. Yeah, the sheriff ends up breaking into the guy's house and he finds the workstation containing the woman's head. Yes, in a bag. Yeah, and... Uh, he rode the train with it. Yeah, so uh, the not-werewolf guy stabs the sheriff in the stomach. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And lifts him off the ground. Uh-huh. And then uh, he takes off when he hears sirens. And, God, what and are they in? The sheriff chases after. He gets pummeled by the werewolf in the woods, and then the deputy comes up and shoots the werewolf. Yeah. And then the sheriff gets up and proceeds to empty his gun into the werewolf's head. And doesn't even need silver bullets. No, because he's just a really tall guy. So they take off his mask and he goes, he, I would have made it too if it wasn't for you. Meddling kids, yeah. yeah. And then he's halfway through meddling and pow, you should. Exactly, yeah. It's like you watched it. Oh, okay. So the daughter is healed up and goes off to college. Do you remember this stupid scene at the end? Uh-huh. And they make you think that the sheriff died because right. he's not there and they're they're talking like he's dead. Yeah. You know, the deputy has taken her to college 
and tells her, oh, I'm proud of you, which her dad never told her. Daddy, why? Daddy, why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, no, he comes in. He's just retired. He throws some condoms in the drawer for his daughter. And mm-hmm. as he's leaving, he hears a couple of these jock guys talking about how the hot new gymnasts just all walk down the hall together or something. Uh-huh. And he pauses like he's going to kick someone's ass, but then he doesn't. Uh-huh. Cause he's gotten over his anger. He's got it under control. I like that. He was an, uh, ex alcoholic, but he fell off the wagon after two beers. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I would think if you were that much of a raging alcoholic, at least in movie terms, you would have had a bottle of hard liquor up there. Because it it would have been more believable while wow, he really fell off the wagon rather than drinking two cans of beer. Yeah. I mean, at some point he does drink mouthwash, which I thought was good. They threw that in there. Yeah, that happens. Until he looked at the bottle and realized they don't put alcohol in mouthwash anymore for that very reason. <laughs> right. But he yeah. had really fresh breath for the, breath for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to... Uh, <laughs> I used to hear about this sort of thing, and I was finally in a grocery store... And saw a homeless guy get arrested for chugging a bottle of scope or whatever. This was years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long it's been that it's not been alcohol, but. Yeah, you may be able to still get it with alcohol. I just noticed most of them now don't have it. Yeah. Now, if you're a real alcoholic, you freeze perfume, scrape the alcohol off the top. (laughs) That's been Will's tips for alcoholics this week. <laughs> or if you have some real vanilla extract in the cupboard. Uh-huh, you can do that too, yeah. Because it's mostly vodka. It's mostly, yeah. One of my friends told me that when we were like 15. He's like, yeah, you could just drink the vanilla. It's it's booze. And I'm like, but then you're, it's like drinking perfume. <laughs> yeah, and it's way pricier than Brad. Than anything else. <laughs> Oh, Brad did some idiotic things. Oh. I can name him because he, he, he... He's they, probably dead by now. No, he's he, not that I know of, but uh, he thinks he thinks the government's watching him if he gets on the internet, so he's not listening to this. I think they are. They are, Brad. And then yeah. the Chinese government. <laughs> and the Chinese government. <laughs> As above, so below. Uh-huh. So, um, the end. Let me get my Huawei phone out here and we'll record <laughs> the rest. I'm kidding. It's recording all the time. So the Wolf of Crap Hollow. Mm-hmm. Recommend? Yes. Jolien, based on the 20 minutes you suffered through? Uh, filmed well. It looked pretty enough. Cast was okay, but... At yeah, first? It just... Mm. It was better than the other one, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we got a good pack of three this time. But No. But it gets harder and harder yeah, every year. Yeah, I, I can't. I just we've done the good ones, I think. I think <laughs> I so. Unless they come out with another bout of wintry horror between now and next year. <laughs> Let's <laughs> hope. Uh, I should have uh, access to Violent Night soon. Okay. Yeah, we have a whole year to hopefully find some more. You know, like if we find any, or if anyone wants to give us some suggestions, then we'll make a list for next year. We better start now. Cause it's it's looking bleak. Yes. Yeah. Not in the cool like snowy way either. <laughs> no. All right. Anything else before we call it a show? I don't think so. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. Stay off the booze. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
<laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs>